Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Palmer bet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight up screamer. Download our app today and enjoy straight up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. We're back here on the overnight crowd. Jen Wallace keeping you company across your Thursday into Friday morning. A little bit different. What isn't different though is we've got some cricket to talk about finally. Uh, obviously a lot of AFL at this time of year. We've had State of Origin and now some time to chat cricket and Jono Baruch from the Inner Sanctum is joining us tonight. Jono, thanks again for your company. Great to be back with you, Jen. How are you doing? Very, very good. You know I love a chance to chat the cricket and there's been there's plenty to talk about at the moment. A couple of T20 internationals. Should we start there? Yeah, sure. Well, English summer started, which means that there's plenty of cricket on there and all around and yeah, Aussies have been in action and they've been winning. Yeah, two pretty good wins. I think scores lower than expected. I mean, if you cast our eyes back to that first um, game one of the International T20 Series, Sri Lanka looked like they were going to post 170 at one point and then all out in the 120s. Uh, Australia chased that mm. none down and I think everyone breathed the biggest sigh of relief that Aaron Finch has bought himself some runs and some currency and I think we can allow that to carry through now. Well, well, just back on the um, Sri Lanka innings, you watch the first few overs there and you're kind of thinking, well, how much are they going to run up in their first um, first game at home in front of a crowd since before the COVID pandemic? So a massive occasion for Sri Lanka and especially with everything that's going on in that country at the moment. So for them to be able to get to the cricket and for um, the batters to, the opening batters to really put on a show the way that they did in those opening few overs. But then um, Josh Hazelwood's just continued his um, repurpose, I get as the premier T20 quick in the world, just um, four, four wickets, um, just ripped the game away from Sri Lanka. And then, as you said, the old reliables at the old the old the old guard at the top of the order, I should say, and David Warner and Aaron Finch um, getting the runs none down, and David Warner makes runs as good. But again, another very timely half century for Aaron Finch, his second international half century in a row, which is good. Keeps the Wolves at bay again. I feel like every series that Finch is about to start, he has to stave off questions about his future. So it was really nice to see him start with some runs in the bank. I know he only made 20 odd in the second game, but it's good to see him come off a bit of a patchy IPL to straight back into some runs for Australia. Yeah. And I think if we look back, there was that LBW shout that he reviewed, uh, thankfully had the inside edge on it, but that moment if there was no inside edge, the big front foot going across the line, I was like, oh, no, this is a disaster. Oh, you, but... could, you, you, could, <laughs> you could see all the articles already, just like the classic Finch floor, he has to be dropped, he's a liability. You could see it all, but it's a funny game, cricket. Sometimes all you need is a little bit of luck, and thankfully for Finchy, 
he got it this time with the DRS going his way and it was really good. You love to see him make runs. So it was a big 10-wicket win that first game one and then they backed up, they played, which is not usually happening in, in men's international cricket, but they had to back up. Game two came around again and Sri Lanka having to bat first, again, made a low score, 120-odd once again. But this time they fought hard with the ball and Australia had a real wobble as though I think we were seven for 99 at one point. Yeah, this one got a little bit um, more interesting. But again, it was you're just seeing the depth of Australia really shine through here. And for the again, the bowlers did their job. The Richardsons really, um, really did the job with the ball. Interesting that Matthew Wade scored 26 and was named Player of the Match. I know he got them home, but I certainly would have given it to either Jai or Kane, considering they did the majority of the runs, but that's the T20 series secured. And it's, it's, it's good for Australia that they're winning and they're taking winning form, particularly into the home world cup. But it just makes it so interesting with uh, players and selection and combinations, particularly when you look into the T20 blast and there's a bloke sitting there who's Australian by the name of Tim David, who's just making lower order runs for fun, just absolutely bashing them around and you'd think he's going to be there at the T20 World Cup in um, October, November in Australia. Um, It's just a matter of for who is he going to be there instead of. And that's a great question, isn't it? Is it Stoyness? I love Mitch Marsh at three, so I want him to stay there. Uh, You know, yeah, he's someone, Tim David, you think he's got to, he's got to start to feature at least in the squads, especially T20 wise. What he's doing is just too exciting and enthralling and consistent to ignore for too much longer. Richardson back Mm. on the bowlers, he got his look in because Stark had an unusual injury, which has resulted in six stitches. And that gives Jai Richardson a a bit of a longer shot throughout the rest of the T20 series and the one day international series as well. So I don't know, will it be something like that for Tim David? He needs, is there an opening that comes because of an injury and then here he comes and we, we get to celebrate his inclusion? Well, we'll talk about the Stark injury in a moment because it is a bit of a weird one. But Tim David's kind of, I don't know, I think he's kind of against the mould in the way Australia want to play their T20 cricket. I think he saw the way that they played played the T20 World Cup and they won their T20 World Cup. They picked their best white ball players and it was just, we're going to play this as a white ball innings and yeah we they made finishes out of Wade and Stoinis in the lower order but it was just their best 11 their best 11 white ball white ball players just out on the park whereas Tim David he's coming into this side now it's more of a matter who's going to go out for him as to like he's going to play there's definitely a role for him but it's a role that he plays that Australia's never really, A, they've never really had, but they've also never really had a specialist one of. So like a finisher, lower order, can just bash 40 off 13 balls or something like that. They've never really had that. So it's a position that they've never had. It's a position that they've never really looked for, to be honest. Well, they have looked for. They've just tried to make it out of either Maxwell or Stoinis or a Wade or a Mitchell Marsh, which has clearly never worked. Whereas he's one just sitting there 
right in front of, the, front of their faces waiting to be picked. I know it goes against the mould of what they've really done and what worked so well for them in the past, but as we've just said, it's getting to a point now where it's just like you have to pick him and it doesn't really matter who, who it's for. Maybe it's for Steve Smith or something like that because he just can, keeps dropping down the order. So you never know. So something's going to happen. I reckon you'll definitely see him in that Australian team soon. We'll have Tim David watch here on the overnight crowd without a doubt. Now, a couple other big um, stories, I suppose, that have been going on over the last couple of weeks. We have had uh, Matthew Mott resign from being the Australian women's coach going across now to England. So Shelley Nitschke has stepped up to be the interim head coach there. And then Ben Sawyer, who's been part, an integral part of that Australian women's coaching setup for many a year, the, the former Sixers WBBL coach too, He's gone across to the rivals across the ditch and will be coaching the New Zealand White Ferns. So the Australian women's team have got a bit of difference and change coming up um, right into, you know, Commonwealth Games time. This Could this be the little thing that other opposition teams get to cash in on is a change in the coaching structure? It's really interesting. It's really interesting. The, the, the official word out of Cricket Australia is that Shelley Nitschke is only in the role in the interim at the moment. So she's got the Island tour and the Com games, and then they'll come back and they'll make a decision as to who's going to take the team forward. Ben Sawyer, you would have thought was, he was certainly one of the candidates that was in the running for the job full time, but he's now gone to take the job with New Zealand cricket and good luck to him. He's a great coach. He's done some pretty good things with the Sydney Sixers in the WBBL and deserves his chance at the top level. So good luck to Ben. Just, not so good luck against Australia. And same with Matthew Mott. Like, he's going to be a fantastic coach for England men. It, it, you, you almost think it's a validation well of saying you, you're not just using coaching the women's side as a pathway to get to a national men's coach. It's a legitimate um, progression. I think for Matthew Mott, he's done all he can and more with that Australian women's side that it is time for a new challenge. And Beth Mooney spoke a couple of weeks ago now about saying that it was, it was a sad way for it to end, that Motti won't be coaching the team where he's done such a good job for the last seven years. But it probably is about time that someone new comes in and to just have some new ideas. But you know the calibre of players in that Australian dressing room and the amount of depth that they have in that squad and across the country, around the states, that they're, they're not going to drop off. They're going to continue being a sensationally well-drilled, well-run cricket team. Yeah, there'll be a bit of IP everywhere else, but it won't stop superstars being superstars. Yeah, that's a good way of looking at it. We're chatting with the Inner Sanctum's John O'Brook, all things cricket at the moment. And let's stay a little bit on where Matthew Mott's gone. We've got the England versus New Zealand series. One test all done and dusted. England having won that to start the new era with Stokes and McCullum in charge. Yeah, who would have thought it would take two Kiwis to get um, England cricket back on the straight and narrow. But it's been it's been great, Um, just in particular here over on the... Eastern Seaboard to have some test cricket on long into the night as you're as you're winding down to go to bed. It's fantastic to watch. And just before we talk about the game, a shout out to ECB, New Zealand Cricket and Lords for their fantastic tributes to the King Shane Warne. Um, just again, just brought a tear to the eye and was absolutely brilliantly done from everyone. So really, really well done. But 
this was a this was a really interesting game. You, you were sort of thinking on day one when England got on a bit of a roll that it was, that it was going to be like, oh, okay, this is a, we might be looking at a two three day test match here. But to New Zealand's credit, they are the world test champions for a reason. They fought back and made it interesting. England had their um, usual batting claps, but then it was. Um, a little Stuart Broad burst that got England right back on top. And Joe Root, what more can you say? Just an absolutely brilliant, brilliant. I wanted to ask you about him. Um, he's got 10,000 test runs. You think he's going to play for another four or five years. Without the captaincy, he just looked completely unshackled and that the weight of the world wasn't on his shoulders. How many test runs do you think he'll end with, Jen? Well, if he can go around for another four or five seasons, and I agree, he looks a different, freer um, Joe Root again, which is great. So it's like the the ben, Benjamin Button effect. He looks youthful again. Um, he, he surely 14,000 plus could be on his, his radar. Mm. Well, he's going to be moving up the list. Definitely going to be moving up the list. And he's done it done it within a decade, 10,000 test runs. It's no mean feat. It's um, a magnificent milestone. And again, go, go, get himself on that honours boards again at the home of cricket. It's um, fantastic. It is fantastic. Uh, they game two or test two starts on Friday here for us in Australia, which will be great. And obviously covered on the, on SEN. So everyone can catch the ball by ball call there across hopefully a five-day test match. I think um, the first one, I thought I was going to be back in at work. Day two, I thought it was going to wind up that quickly. Um, I think this one should be a fairly bit more uh, even even keel and hopefully go into deep day five. Mm, well, England's named an unchanged side. It's great to see Jack Leach has passed all the concussion protocols and his kept his spot back into the eleven into the eleven. Unfortunately it means there's no second test just yet for Matty Parkinson, but it was about bloody time that he got himself that England test cap after everything that has been doing in county cricket and some of his deliveries have been just making making the King of Legs spin proud. So he would have been the happiest person to see Matty Parkinson finally get his test cap. But it will be interesting to see what New Zealand do. Obviously, the injury to Colin de Grondom really, really hurts. Henry Nichols, you hope, should be fit. And then it's a wonder what they do with the bowling attack. Matt Henry and Neil Wagner didn't play the first test. Um, do they rest one of Bolt or Salvi, or do they just rely on them to get them back into the test series as well, as they always do and have, have done for years? So... It's going to be a fascinating watch. It's always um, it's always a bit of a show and fun when England are playing Test cricket at home. Something always happens, so I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be another great, great week of cricket. Another bit of exciting news, especially for those in the Apple Isle. Ricky Ponting, just uh, a favoured son, not only there but across Australia, has now signed on for three years in a role at the Hurricanes, and the questions have continued to flow. Will JL follow him and become the Hurricanes coach? Ricky Ponting going to have a big say in the strategy of the Hurricanes over the next three years. Well, firstly, what a massive get for the Hurricanes. Um, Ricky Ponting, just one of the best tacticians and cricket brains in the world. Um, Going back home for a franchise that he absolutely loves in Australia, the Hobart Hurricanes, it's fantastic. It's it's going to be interesting now. Obviously, Tazzy and Hobart are looking for a new coach. Um, and Ricky Ponting was very, very vocal and outspoken about 
Cricket Australia and their treatment over his very good friend, Justin Langer. So I think it could open the door. Obviously, JL has had a bit to say recently, but he hasn't really come out and declared what his next project is. You'd imagine it will be something in cricket. So it wouldn't surprise me to see him land up at the Hurricanes. I think he'd do a very good job. And again, working with some magnificent players some players has worked closely with before in um tim david and darcy short a couple of west aussies who are playing for the hobart hurricane so i think it would be a decent fit actually what do you reckon uh, i'll be i think he's good in that especially proven in the t20 game that's where his best success is, is lied for for jl and he does come across to me as a sort of guy coaching wise that his intensity and his sheer love of every part of the game has a really positive effect over around a three-year period. And he then sets up players to not need him. He almost makes himself redundant. Um, so because he builds them into such quality fit cricketers. So I think that the Hurricanes definitely should be chasing hard and to have punter uh, back involved, as you said, at the top. He's just one of the best strategists and t- tacticians going around. And, yeah, I think they absolutely stoked that they've managed to secure him. One of the other big news stories across Thursday was over at the WACA, the West Australian Cricket Association. They've um, now got an appointment. Noongar woman Colleen Haywood is the first Indigenous board member. Uh, That was released on Tuesday, I believe, when it was all sorted out. But um, some news came across today. That's a a great change that the WACA is leading the way and how brilliant to have Colleen involved. Well, this came through and it was it's absolutely amazing. We've seen a lot of what Cricket Australia and all the states have done in this space in the indigenous in the indigenous space and to me this is just another way of um cricket and WA cricket lead, leading forward and you just you read through Colleen's story and what she's been able to do and sitting as the co-chair of the Western Australian Aboriginal um, Cricket Advisory Committee. Um, It's fantastic what she's been able to do. And again, well done to Cricket WA and Christina Matthews as well, who's leading a great team over there. And it hopefully is the start of a very good season out West. I know they had a successful one with the men's winning the Shield last year, but I'm, I'm sure you'll probably agree with this next statement I'm about to say, Jen, it'll be nice to have some international cricket back in Perth. And this is just another good way of getting cricket WA back on side with Cricket Australia. Oh, absolutely. I think everyone is looking forward to some more cricket being played across in Perth without an absolute doubt. So fingers crossed, no more drastic pandemic changes, no more wall going up and we can all enjoy the sport, the cricket especially, um, flowing freely around Australia. Uh, Jono, it's been great to speak to you tonight. Um, I hope you enjoy your weekend of footy watching and other cricket across all of your evenings. It sounds like you're probably not going to get a lot of sleep. No, no, certainly, certainly not a lot of sleep. We just keep on rolling. It's it's exciting times coming up. Um, I do have to ask you, we haven't spoken for a couple of weeks, Jen. Flag mantle, uh, is is the lid off? How how are we doing? What what are the vibes? As I've said a hundred times, the lid stays fairly screwed on when it comes to me. This weekend, though, is one that I think I might loosen it off. There's supposed to be rainy conditions. When Frio are playing against Hawthorne, I have tipped Frio to win. They've come off a great fortnight. If they can win in the wet, I reckon I'll have it undone but still sitting on top, but it'll be fully undone, ready to pop off at any stage then. 
there's only a two-time Brownlow medalist coming back into the Freo lineup. So you're looking pretty strong. It's looking very, very good. I'm loving what Freo are doing. So keep it up. It's great to watch. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait for the game at all, Jono. And we'll have to chat again very soon as more and more cricket keeps coming across our TV screens and our radio airwaves. No worries at all, Jen. Looking forward to catching up with you soon. John O'Baruch joining us here on the Overnight Crowd from the Inner Sanctum. And it's great to be able to talk some cricket. And yeah, there is so much cricket, so much footy, so much sport at the moment that I'm surprised any of us are getting any sleep. Don't go to sleep now. Ring up one 736 736. Let's have a conversation on the other side of this on the Overnight Crowd. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.